Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. fact is, we should have done something. What? What should we have done? We can't help people who can't help themselves. No, Mark. Those are exactly the people we should be helping. Are you ready? Because it's time. The Sunshine Happy Pants Hour is on the air. Featuring the jack of all trades and master of none, Joel. Does anyone else smell fried chicken?
couldn't have picked a shorter podcast name. That's like a mouthful right there. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sunshine Happy Pants Hour, episode 211. I am your host, Joel, and it has been several weeks since I've recorded a show, but I have had a lot going on, a lot of new things, and a lot of wonderful things that I just have taken my time, and I don't regret a single second of it. (laughs) But I wanted to get a show out there before I headed out to Gen Con, so um, I had a little bit of free time, figured it was uh, as good as any to put something out there and get let you know I'm still here I'm still recording I still plan on continuing to do the show uh summertime is just a little crazy I've got uh Isaiah who's about to start seventh grade Juliana's about to start high school and I am just a bit frazzled to say the least so anyway if you are new to the show welcome uh this is my six song musical mixtape where you can check out uh, six songs per week uh generally new songs but sometimes we do featured artist show like today featured artist shows and um if you'd like to find me you can find me on facebook.com just look up joel happy pants hour that's k-p-a-n-t-s you can also shoot me an email at joel happy pants at gmail.com or find me occasionally on twitter at joel happy pants this show is available every other week or so on itunes stitcher talk pod directory google Podcasts, and podcastcollective.com as well as on podchaser.com you can put in your uh beta key for just the pants and you can check out um, the IMDb of podcasting sites. Leave a rating. Uh, check out the show. Rate some episodes. Give me some love. And uh, yeah, let's get the name out there. But um, I also do a couple of other shows. The first one is 40 Going on 14 with Mike, Pat, and Josh, my former college roommates and friends of over 20 years. Uh, that is our nostalgia cast where we talk about things then and now, uh, such as the Magnificent Seven, uh, Train Spotting. Uh, we did. A show on snacks. I don't know. It's been several episodes since the last time we talked. So go check it out. Constantly new stuff going up there every week. And the four of us are going to be headed to Gen Con in Indianapolis, uh, Indiana. So if you are in the Indianapolis area and like to hook up or you're headed there from some other part of the world or United States, please uh, shoot me a message on Facebook and let me know because uh, we'd love to hook up, grab a drink. I don't know. I don't really drink, but food, something, cheese fries. I don't know. Whatever. But uh, you can check out the show on 40go14.com, iTunes, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Blueberry, streaming Saturdays at noon on Geek Life Radio, as well as on Google Podcasts, podcastcollective.com, and on Podchaser. You can find us on Facebook, just look up 40 going on 14. You can send us an email at 40go14 at gmail.com or a voicemail at 708. Now wrap that 708 669 9727. And uh, on Twitter at 40go14. Also, if you are looking for one other show that I do, uh, it's called The Coffin Joecast. You can find that on iTunes, TalkShoe, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Podcast Collective, and Podchaser.com. Please uh, shoot us a message if you would like to be a third co-host on the show. We're always looking for additional people. And uh, Kill and I have been doing several shows, just the two of us recently. But we always like to have that uh, third co-host on there to mix it up. So leave us a, a message on Facebook.com. Just look up The Coffin Joecast. Or email coffinjoecast at gmail.com or voicemail 661-434-5956. That's 661-434-KWJO. I also write for the Creeper Cast, which is a uh, all-themed, all-horror-themed blog um, where we have daily content, movie reviews, horror history, terror timeouts, uh, TV reviews, music stuff. Just anything horror-related you can find on that site. It's at creepercast01.blogspot.com. 
or just uh, when you follow me on Facebook, I will post whenever there's something new that goes up for me. Um, but Jeff and excuse me, Will are also a part of that. And um, you can find the CreeperCast Facebook page, and that's another way to, to locate us. But um, all the music tonight is provided to us by the artist themselves. If you like what you hear, please buy it directly from the artist. Or if you have a local independent record store that you frequent, please support local businesses and go there and pick it up directly from them. If you were in Oak Park, Illinois, a couple weeks ago, I was at Val's Hollow Records in, on Harrison Avenue, which is my local independent record store that I used to work at, and um, got to spend some time with Val, and it was a good time. If you are in the area, please stop by. Tell her I said hello. Um, also, check out my blog at a momentary lapse with joel.blogspot.com. There's nothing really new there content-wise except when the new episodes of this show come out. I always post it there first. You can also listen to it through the streaming site. If um, you don't want to download it, which I don't know why you wouldn't want to download it, but if you didn't, you can listen to it through that as well. And all the songs that I play on the episode are saved there. Uh, It's kind of an archive, so if you want to check out any of those songs and see what I played, there is a list there which makes things handy-dandy. Last but not least, uh, my defunct comic strip, Gregory the Really Angry Robot. You can find that at facebook.com. Just look up Gregory the Really Angry Robot, and you can see all the uh, episodes, episodes, issues that I wrote over about a 10-year period. Uh, There's about 100 episodes. Issues, why can't I say that? Uh, So go over there, check it out, and um, yeah, it's it was entertaining at the time. Maybe someday I'll pick it back up again, but uh, there's just so many other things going on. I just don't seem to have enough hours in the day. All right. Um, so this week, if you haven't noticed by the intro song, we're doing a show all about Nirvana, um, quite possibly my favorite band of all time. Um, there's a couple other contenders that uh, kind of made it just a bit below the number one position, but um, I still kind of think in the back of my mind, and it's there's been polls taken on this, that it is probably my favorite band, regardless of what other ones kind of sneak in and out. They just continually seem to hold that top position. I think it has something to do with the time in which they came out and my age and everything else, but we'll get to that. So uh, the first song we heard was Negative Creep off of Bleach, and I'm playing them in order of release. So rather than mix it up, I went straight for the simple timeline, and each song that is being played is being played from the, uh, the very first release, which Bleach was the first full album released on Sub Pop, and we'll just go one by one down the mix until we get to uh, the final recording, really, that that there is, uh, at least that we know of that's completed. So the next song I'm going to play is Breed. It's uh, from Nevermind, which is the album that really kind of broke them into the mainstream and, and made them uh, the band that they would eventually become as far as where their legacy kind of rests in music history. But this is not the original version off of the album. This is the rough mix, which came off of the, uh, with the lights out box set, which this is my preferred version. It's got a lot more depth to it. It's got a lot more warmth, a lot more feeling. There's just something about it that just makes it stand out from the original. Well, original being the one that you probably have heard. And so I opted to use this one because the very first time I heard it, it hit me square in the chest And I love the song anyway, but it made me love it in a whole different way. So let's go ahead and get into the show. And uh, when we get back, we got lots to talk about. So here we go.
are back. That was Breed, the rough mix off of Nirvana's debut album, at least on a major label uh, of... Never mind. Sorry. I was thinking about it for a second. I'm like, well, Sub Pop technically is a major label, kind of, but they're an indie. I don't know. I, uh, I Everybody looks at that as the first release, even though uh, Bleach came out prior to that. And uh, Bleach has a, a very interesting story behind it. But anyway, if you're not familiar with the band and you like what you hear, go read up uh, the history of the band and especially with the making, makings of those first couple albums. Very fascinating. But anyway, so for those of you who are not indoctrinated into the world of Nirvana, and I could maybe do this from memory, I don't know. I, I never want to do it that much on the fly because I don't want to miss anything and I'd rather hit the high points the easiest way possible. So I, of course, I pulled up the handy dandy wiki, Wikipedia, wiki, 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 Wikipedia page to kind of break down, you know, just the basics of the band. Um, so I apologize if some of this is a little, uh, strange, but it's, uh, it is what it is. So anyway, Nirvana was an American rock band formed by uh, singer and guitarist Kurt Cobain and bassist Chris Novoselic in Aberdeen, Washington in 1987. Uh, they went through a succession of drummers, the longest being Dave Grohl. And of course he joined in 1990, um, you know, with uh, the release well, shortly before the release of Nevermind, and has since gone on, um, this is me speaking, since gone on to have his own rather illustrious career as the uh, the head of the Foo Fighters, which, you know, when Kurt died, there was kind of this brief period of mourning, and then um, both Chris, Chris and uh, Dave decided that they were going to go on and, and start their own things. Well, Chris was not quite as successful uh, with his his band. Uh, Sweet 75 was, it just was not very good. Sorry, Chris. But um, I bought it anyway, and I listened to it, but I it never just could get into it. Well, Dave went full, you know, steam into the Foo Fighters and then um, has since guested on a ton of other stuff and just seems to be a constantly working musician not just as a drummer anymore, but now as a guitarist and a singer and a songwriter. And uh, there are songs in the early Nirvana catalog that David written and uh, David played on and David sang even. So it's not like it was a big surprise that he would go on to um, do what he's doing now, but I don't think anybody saw it being as big as it is. I mean, the guy's just written so many hit songs in uh, you know the music scene that it's just kind of amazing to think of this guy that was the drummer and one of the biggest and most influential bands of the nineties, if not the biggest. And then he went on to become one of the biggest and most influential bands of uh, the two thousand. So I don't know. Anyway, uh, they only released three full, full length studio albums in the seven year career. Uh, no incesticide is not a studio album. Incesticide is B sides and rarities. Um, and the live unplugged in New York, of course, is a live album. So can't really count those as part of the, uh, the studio album things, but they've come to be regarded as one of the most influential and important alternative bands in history. Uh, the band dissolved in 1994 after the death of Cobain and their music maintains a popular following and continues to influence modern rock culture, which what's interesting about that is, you know, there's certain bands that if you go to like say Kohl's or Target or even Walmart and you're looking at the t-shirts, whenever you look and you see there's band t-shirts that they're selling, which is, is very common. You see the Beatles, uh, you'll see Guns N' Roses, you'll see 
Uh, Sublime, for some reason, is in there a lot, but you'll almost always see at least one Nirvana shirt. And it fascinates me to no end that this band that I remember hearing about them the first time and thinking, you know, this is pretty great, fallen in love, and I'll tell that story in a moment, but I never saw that as as them as being a band that was going to be in every chain store across the country with their shirts being able to be bought for ten dollars a pop so it just kind of blows my mind but in the late 80s they established themselves as part of the seattle grunge scene releasing their first album bleach for the independent record label sub pop in 1989 they developed a sound and relied on dynamic contrasts often between quiet verses and loud heavy choruses after signing to major label DGC Records, which is David Geffen, the David Geffen Company, by the way, uh, Nirvana found unexpected su- success with Smells Like Teen Spirit, the first single from the band's second album, Nevermind. Um, Nirvana's sudden success wildly popularized alternative rock, and Cobain found himself uh, referred to in the media as the spokesperson of a generation, with Nirvana considered the flagship band of Generation X. Uh, Nirvana's third studio album, In Utero, in 1993, released to critical acclaim, featured an abrasive, less mainstream sound and challenged the group's audience. Um, Now, personally, I find In Utero to be the best album of the bunch, if you're just going to talk about just those three. And I know that that's sometimes a bit unpopular, but I think the the things that they did, the changes that they made and the, uh, the kind of experimentation they did to some extent and and kind of like i said kind of challenging the audience i found it to be even better and more interesting than uh never mind and not that i don't love absolutely love never mind it just it, it just there's more to it more peaks and valleys more highs and lows more just a little bit of everything that just makes it a wonderful listen um it's not for everybody and there are definitely some moments where you kind of go you know, what the heck, but in a good way, in my opinion. Now, in 1994, um, I distinctly remember being in college. And, um, you know, at that point, the internet was not really much of a thing. I mean, it was there was little bits of, you know, BBSs and message boards and things out there, but there wasn't really the internet that we think of today. So I remember listening to the radio and hearing that uh, Kurt Cobain had died. Well, I was a freshman. My uh, my roommate had moved out, so I was somehow managed to be in a, uh, a dorm room for the second half of the year by myself, which, if you've ever seen the film Threesome, uh, there's a lot of similarities in there, minus the sex acts, that um, happened to me. I mean, he ended up in a, a room by himself and kind of learned that it's not always what it's cracked up to be because you kind of tend to brood on the nature of things and... It can be a bit uh, uh, damaging if you're not careful. I mean, I, 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 well, we'll talk about that on another show, what happened. But anyway, I, I remember that happening and, and then just immediately being glued to the radio um, and, you know, looking for newspaper articles and magazines and anything I could find that was talking about what had happened because at that point, again, that was your your only diet of, of information. So I you know, tracked down all I could, read all I could, um, and just was in shock. I mean, it it threw me into a bit of a tailspin. And um, I I think partially because somebody so young, but it kind of the first, my first experience with um, somebody that I kind of followed their career 
um, as short as it was and had fallen in love with them in kind of a natural way. And just, it was my band, uh, my generation, my voice. And even though it wasn't me specifically, you had that feeling, you know, at that age, you, you feel like that. So it, it hit me like a, a ton of bricks. And um, then when I heard about the fact that they said that he had committed suicide, that even made things more difficult to think that, you know, perhaps as a listener and a fan that maybe that kind of drove it to that point because, you know, the, 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 what is it? What is the word I'm looking for? The weight of fame in a lot of ways with the way they were originally portraying it was what maybe had caused him to do it. Well, come to find over, you know, decades now that there's a lot more to it and a lot more, uh, question marks than answers. And I still feel in my heart that, uh, he was taken from us by someone else. Now, it's easy to point the finger at Courtney Love, and I would be the first one to say that it seems very obvious. But at the same time, I, I, there's nothing specific that I have seen that makes it 100% concrete. There's a lot of very damning evidence, but nothing that says yes or no one way or the other that is you know, DNA evidence or anything like that. So for now, I mean, obviously she's off the hook. Um, not like I have any say in that anyway, but... It just there's too many things about it that make it seem like there's something more going on than just a suicide. Um, so anyway, um, now real quick before we uh, get into the next song, my history with the band as far as how I found them, um, I remember at this point I was uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I was carpooling. I guess is the best word. And so when I was a freshman in high school, I carpooled with somebody else drove me. Well, once I was a sophomore and I got my license and I had my own car, I was taking other people. So I, um, one of the people I would take to school periodically was my friend, Josh. Well, not Josh from 40 going on 14, but Josh that I, uh, went to grade school and junior high and high school with. So, uh, Josh had been listening to this band Nirvana and he had brought the cassette, never mind, into the car one day. And, you know, he asked if we wanted, if it was our, we listened to it. And he didn't really care for it. It wasn't really his thing. He was a bit more into the much heavier things uh, obituary, fear factory, napalm death, um, death, cannibal corpse, you know, any, any of that kind of stuff, which I, in turn, was also into that same scene as well. Went to a lot of shows and whatnot. But, um, we played it and he's like, you know, I'm really not digging this. He's like, do you want it? And I kind of looked at him sideways, like, really? Cause you know, how often does somebody give you a, a cassette when you're a kid like that? And I was like, yeah. So he gave it to me and it, it just was on a repeat after that. Um, I listened to that like crazy. And by the time I had gotten through, um, high school and actually I might've been a junior at that point. By the time I got through high school, uh, left to, for college, and I remember going to Coconuts, which was the name of the record store, because I hadn't found Valhalla yet, but Coconuts was the only record store I knew that was around um, down on Harlem Avenue. So I'd gone down there and I picked up the cassette and just was fawning all over it and, and listened to it. And at first it was a little bit hard to, to listen to because I wasn't quite in the right um, frame of mind and, and historically speaking, I hadn't had enough music music exposure to really um, get it, to understand it, and to enjoy it. So it took me a little longer than than some to 
um, get into that album, but it eventually just, again, became something that was on repeat. And uh, one of the bands I was in, we covered a couple of their songs and it just, it was one of those things that I could always put on and it, it, it hit me in the same spot every single time. And I did some artwork after Kurt died. I bought, you know, his journals. I bought books about him. I, I read and read and just, it's, it's proven to be just a, an ongoing fascination of mine, his career, his life and his unfortunate death. And, um, I, I, it's not a day that goes by that I, I don't kind of stop and wish that he had had a chance to make some more music. Even if it was just one more album or, you know, going solo and doing an acoustic record or something, you know, anything at all. I would, I would love to have that opportunity. And, and the box set has been nice. Uh, the little rarities things here and there have been nice and it, you know, to get those little glimpses into things, but when they're not complete, they're not fully formed. It, it does sometimes feel like there's something missing. And so, I've said it many, many times, especially when I was in, in college, Joe, but God bless Kurt and rest in peace. I, I, I don't know. So let's go ahead and jump into the next song. Uh, this is from Incesticide. It's called Molly's Lips. It's a cover of a song by the Vaselines, which I incidentally became a fan of the Vaselines, thanks to Kurt Cobain. Um, but this is one of the songs that uh, I played in one of the bands I was in. And um, so... When we come back, we got more to talk about. So here we go. lip by molly's lip molly's lips by nirvana from incesticide and uh, the next thing i wanted to talk about was a couple weeks ago i had watched a documentary called the art of life uh, which was all about david lynch not the first documentary i've seen about him but um uh, it was a new one that had come out and it's about to be released on a criterion collection here in a couple weeks i think in the second week in september maybe but soon it's going to be released 
and uh, it's currently streaming on Amazon Prime, so if you're a David Lynch fan, I would recommend you check it out. Why am I talking about this, you may ask yourself? Well, David Lynch is one of my heroes, um, in it, at least in an artistic aspect. He is one of uh, the artists that I look to the most as far as just a pure sense of the love of creation, the joy of, of making something out of nothing. And despite his view of the world and, and art as being a bit askew, uh, that's kind of what I find just endearing about him and charming. And what I love is that he is very much about art in whatever form it may take, whether it's music, uh, whether it's you know the visual medium of, of filmmaking, or whether it's the visual medium, medium of painting, sculpture, etc. He is constantly creating. Um, and he's one of those guys that I feel kind of a, a kindred spirit, uh, like he's a kindred spirit or a kinship with, that's the word I was looking for, because even though I may not be doing everything in all those aspects anymore, in my life I have, you know, done all different manner of art. I've made music, I've written, I've uh, even done filmmaking, I have podcasting is my current passion. And I, you know, I just anything I can do to create something that will hopefully stand the test of time and be out there somewhere in the future and somebody might appreciate it. And even if they don't, it's still something that I can't not do. I mean, it's just part of who I am. It's part of my makeup, my genetic makeup that I want to create. And David Lynch is the same way. Now, this documentary was more about his his visual art than his filmmaking. Now, if you ever see Pretty as a Picture, which was shot during the making of um, Lost Highway, that one is more, it includes the the art aspect of it, but it's more about the filmmaking side of things. This one delves pretty deep into his childhood, his growing up years, his history, and uh, even up to modern day, and it touches upon the filmmaking a little, but the majority of it is about his, his you know, painting and whatnot, which one of the things that's interesting about, it, interesting about him is very much into, you know, art as life, meaning he has been known to create things that are used like raw meat and blood and other aspects that create, um, you know, maggots and other things that kind of come to life in the art itself. And there's temporary installation pieces where, you know, over the course of time, they go through a change from what he originally created to something else. And that's just one aspect, but he, you know, incorporates sculptures into his works. He incorporates, um, you know, painting and drawing and whatever. It doesn't matter. It's all mixed medium and it all just kind of comes together into whatever um, thing he's trying to convey. And I've always respected that. And his films, even though they're not horror films in the sense of, you know, uh, Michael Myers or Freddy or, or Jason Voorhees, you know, they're not that kind of horror film. The images that he conveys on the screen, the things that he creates are sometimes far more frightening than any horror film you would ever see. And I did a, a, a blog post at one point that broke down, it was, I think, 10, 10 films, no, five films per uh, chunk, and it made up the top 50 films of all time, in my opinion, at that time. So this would have been probably about 2011 or 12 that I did this. And just through process of elimination, you know, going back through thinking about all the films I've owned, all the films I've seen, you know, I tend to keep a record of all the films I've seen. And, 
I went through and I picked out the ones that have always stood out to me as being the best of the best. And through that elimination process, it eventually got down to the fact that Eraserhead was my all-time favorite film. And it shocked me as much as it may have kind of surprised some other people that it held that regard. And um, it's got some very disturbing imagery in it. Uh, If you look at Mulholland Drive or Lost Highway, there's some scenes in that that are equally, if not more so, frightening than anything you've seen in any horror film. And it may just be a, a five second bit. It may be 20 seconds. It may be, you know, 15 minutes. It's just this one or two things and they're all very kind of off-putting and disturbing anyway but then they'll have these just little moments where it just kind of freaks you out like in the Twin Peaks series when you know there's Bob hiding behind the bed and you know at first glance when they show the scene you don't see him because you're not looking for him and he's he's pretty well hidden but over the course of time when you finally see that he was there the entire time it's frightening as hell and it makes you kind of question is there somebody in my room that I'm not noticing and that's just one example. But in this documentary specifically, it shows him going through and just basically working on art and talking about his, you know, his life up to that point and his, you know, process of creating. And, and it's just, it's very well done. And it's, it's wonderful to see him in his element. And it makes me jealous. I wish I had the kind of um, capital that he does that I could have a studio and a place like he does in the time to just to do that, just to create. Um, but I think for me as a person who wants to always be making something new, it's, it's wonderful to see somebody who is at the age that he is still doing what he loves and having that passion and that desire and that drive to put himself out there in whatever format that takes, because, you know, life can get a bit overwhelming. I mean, it's very easy to kind of get caught up in the everyday aspects of things going on and kind of forget uh, the things that are important to yourself, you know, whether it's taking time to watch a movie or, or whatever it is that you were passionate about as a child or as a teenager or as even a young adult, you know, what was it that drove you and was your, the most important thing to you at the time? And why, if you still love it, can't you do it today? And maybe it is a time factor. Maybe you're working 70 hours a week and you've got three kids and a wife and you just don't have the strength when you get home or the desire to do any of that. Well, it would be wonderful if we all did because I think getting that out of you and and putting yourself out there is important. And I've talked to so many people that said that they aren't artists. You know, I don't, I don't, can't do what you do. I'm not an artist. I can't draw. I can't paint. I can't write. And in my mind, and I've said this time and time again, everybody's an artist. They just have a different style and maybe writing isn't your thing. Maybe it's dance. Maybe it's some other form of, of creative expression, but everybody's got something and and has something to say. And my, um, one of my relatives who wrote a book, the preface of the book states, everyone's life is interesting if known. And I've always found that to be true with the people that I've talked to and the people that I've met in my life, that everybody has a story to tell and maybe some are much more harrowing or, uh, you know, adventurous or life-threatening and some may be very, very just downright boring or dull. I don't even like that word boring and I said it, but you know, where there's nothing that really happened, but there's still aspects to that that make them 
unique and different and are interesting if you take the time to listen. So I highly recommend the documentary. If you're a fan of David Lynch, I think you'll enjoy it more than if you're not. But um, if you're an artist and you want to just see somebody else's creative process and just kind of enjoy some really great art, I, I highly recommend it. So let's go ahead and jump into the next song. It is Frances Farmer Will Have Her Revenge on Seattle by Nirvana, of course. This is from the album In Utero. And yes, it may be not the choice or the song you were expecting me to choose, but uh, it's a personal favorite of mine off the album. So when we come back, we got one more thing to talk about. So here we go.
that was Frances Farmer Will Have Her Revenge on Seattle by Nirvana off of the uh, 1993 release In Utero. And the last thing I wanted to talk about this week is a little bit uh, past its date now that I've uh, waited a couple months or a couple months, a couple weeks to record. But um, uh, a couple weeks back, uh, Chester Bennington, the uh, lead singer of Linkin Park, passed away. And it's come to light that uh, he committed suicide. And, you know, we talked about a a few weeks before that about Chris Cornell's passing. And there's some debate, or there was at least at the time, I haven't checked into it recently, but as to whether Chris Cornell had done the same thing. Well, his, his wife said otherwise, and I have no reason to doubt that she would know better than anyone uh, what his mindset was and, and what had happened. But it's, it's unfortunate that somebody feels the need to take their own life. And with the early on discussion about Kurt and his untimely death, which, you know, had suspicious circumstances surrounding it. In this case, at least from what I've heard, you know, with Chester specifically, there was a pretty clean cut case that he had taken his own life, which when you're in a band that um, at the time when they came out, when Linkin Park became a thing, they, uh, I mean, they, they came and they came hard. I mean, like a, it was a huge, huge hit. Um, hybrid Theory, I, I've read, you know, had some crazy numbers as far as sales goes. I even own a copy myself, so I can't, uh, can't uh, diss it or downplay it in any way because I was part of that fandom as well. Um, and I, unfortunately, over time, that music kind of became passe, kind of went out of vogue and didn't have an enduring quality like some other bands did. Now, there's still, I'm sure, diehard fans out there, and it's still a, a solid record, but it was one of those things where it kind of was a, a subgenre of music that didn't really ever, didn't stick around, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, and I think with their most recent release that was coming out when they released their first single, uh, which I believe was called Heavy, if I remember correctly, it, um, it it kind of disillusioned a lot of fans and there was a lot of really negative press, like like harsh negative press about it. And uh, again, I, I'm not a fan um, or haven't been a fan in a long time, haven't listened to anything in a while. I don't know, you know what their music had evolved to at this point, and I haven't heard anything off this new album either. That's not the point. But the fact is, is that something like that to somebody whose entire career is based on creation um, and making something and getting their voice out there to have somebody look at that and say, you're not good enough or what you're doing is is not what we want or it just it's bad. You know that I can't even imagine what that must feel like. And, you know, I've been critiqued before. Never to that level, but you know, I've, I've been critiqued about things that I've done and it's hard not to take it personally because it's, it's something very intimate. There's something very private about putting yourself out into the world and letting yourself go on display so that others can judge you and you have to have a thick skin. And, and unfortunately for those of us that are artists, I guess, and I, I feel pretentious in saying that, but you know, those of us that create and do that, 
tend to be some of the more fragile people because a lot of that creative substance comes from trauma or other things in your past that kind of are bubbling to the surface. And sometimes they're positive things and sometimes they're negative. But you're, it's a very raw kind of emotional piece of yourself that you're putting out there for other people to judge. And when you have that level of notoriety where, you know, there's millions of people out there that are waiting for your next big move to have them look at it and just shit on it is, it has to be a huge blow, not only to your ego, but to your sense of worth. And I can't even imagine what he must've been going through. And I don't know if it, it all stems to the album release. Maybe it was things that had happened before that. And I probably should have done more research, but the point is, is it's scary because you know, I, I, maybe I don't put myself out there quite like that when I do my shows, you know, the different podcasts that I do, or when I write for the creeper cast, you know, those things are fairly safe. Um, if somebody doesn't like your review, eh, you're reviewing somebody else, somebody else's art. Um, and if you're doing something like this, well, I don't have any fan base or listenership big enough that anybody's going to come down too hard on me on what I do. And if they do, I mean, it is what it is. I do this because I love it, but you know, when it's something you love and it's, it's looked at by just hundreds and thousands of people, I just, it, it blows my mind. And I don't know that I would ever want to be at that level, nor do I think I would at my age or be capable of getting to that level of, of, uh, fame. But I don't know that I would want to be because you're constantly being put under a microscope, whether you're out in public, you're going to the grocery store to buy tortillas or whether you're, you know, releasing a new, um, piece of uh, art or film or music or book, whatever it may be, you know, you're, you're putting yourself out there. And I mean, you might as well be naked in the middle of a stadium during a football game uh, for all it's worth. And people are going to tear down the things that they don't understand or that they don't, you know, there's so much bashing of the things that people hate instead of embracing the things that they love that it, it, it's sad. And, and Facebook is kind of made that that much more easy to do. And I, I try to remain positive about things, even in my reviews for the creeper cast where I'm reviewing somebody else's artwork. I always start every single article with a disclaimer that it's just my opinion. And I highly recommend whoever is reading this, that you should watch it for yourself and make your own decision because I'm just one guy with a keyboard and the, um, <laughs> the ability to post online. There's millions of us out there. So my opinion shouldn't necessarily matter any more than someone else's. But if you agree with me about my tastes in movies or you like the way I write or whatever the case may be, then, you know, take it for what it's worth. But there's so much out there and there's something for everybody that just because one person doesn't like it or two people don't like it or three people like it and and you're the one person that doesn't, doesn't make any of you right or wrong. It just means it's your interpretation and your um, the way you understand that piece, that art, that film, that music. So I just, I feel terrible for his family. I feel terrible for Chris Cornell's family just as much. And if you are in that situation where you've gotten to the point where there does not feel like there's any other option, and I've been there, I've been there more than once, where you feel like it would be easier to just end it than to continue on, then please, not for the sake of yourself, 
but for the sake of those around you that care. And maybe it doesn't feel like there are those people, but there are. Even if you don't see them or know them or talk to them or whatever, there are people around you that give a crap. A shit. I don't know. Why am I censoring myself? But anyway, there's people that care. And you should take that opportunity to admit that you need help and get it. It's hard. It's humbling. It's never going to be easy. But once you're free and clear of that fog, you realize exactly you know, what kind of a bad decision that was. And again, I'm just one guy with a microphone, but speaking from personal experience, don't, don't, don't take that road. There's so much more out there to live for. Even, even if you feel like you've hit rock bottom and the, the sub basement is about to drop. Once you hit that absolute lowest point, there's nowhere to go, but up. So let's go ahead and jump into the next song. Uh, This is All Apologies by Nirvana. This is the version from the NTV Unplugged in New York. And when we come back, we will close out the show. So here we go.
and we are back. That was All Apologies by Nirvana from MTV Unplugged in New York. And this has been episode 211 of the Sunshine Happy Pants Hour. Thank you for joining me. Once again, if you would like to find me on Facebook, uh, just look up Joel. No, don't look that. Look up the Sunshine Happy Pants Hour. That's K-P-A-N-T-S. Uh, send me an email at joelhappypants at gmail.com. Uh, find me occasionally on Twitter at joelhappypants. And this show is available every other week or so through iTunes, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Pod Directory, Google Podcasts, Podcast Collectives, and check out podchaser.com. And while you're at it, uh, listen to some of my other shows, 40 Going on 14. You can check out at 40go14.com, iTunes, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Blueberry, streaming Saturdays at noon on Geek Life Radio, as well as on Google Podcasts, podcastcollective.com, and podchaser.com, and other places, which I need to update my notes at some point. But uh, you can also find us on Facebook. Send us an email at uh, 40 go 14 at gmail.com or a voicemail at 708 now wrap That's 708-669-9727. Or uh, on Twitter at 40 go 14 Check out the Coffin Joecast at uh, coffinjoecast.com. Actually, we do have a website. You can find us through iTunes, TalkShoe, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Podcast Collective, and Podchaser.com. Send us an email at coffinjoecast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, the Coffin Joecast. Or send us a voicemail at 661-434-5956. That's 661-434-KWJO. And uh, if you are looking for some horror-themed articles and whatnot, go to creepercast01.blogspot.com. Check out the Creepercast and look for uh, the various stuff that comes out on a daily basis. All the music tonight, uh, again, was provided to us by the artist directly. If you like what you hear, buy it from them on their site. Or if uh, you have a local independent record store, stop by, ask them to uh, supply you with some Nirvana. And if you are on Harrison Avenue in Oak Park, Illinois, stop by Val's Hollow Records. Tell them Joel sent you. And uh, if you want to check out my blog, you can do so at a momentary lapse with joel.blogspot.com. And last but not least, if you are on Facebook and need something to kill some time, Look up Gregory the Really Angry Robot and check out my defunct comic strip. So the last song after the outro is the last song that was ever released by Nirvana. Um, After Kurt's death, there was a bunch of recordings that have slowly come to light over the years. And uh, this was one song that had enough to it that it was able to be completed by Chris Novoselic and Dave Grohl, uh, along with Kurt's recordings. And it's... is an amazing song and it just kind of makes me yearn that much more for what could have been. So the song is, you know, you're right by Nirvana. It's off of the Nirvana, uh, self-titled release, um, which you can find, um, wherever fine music is sold. And the last thing, uh, before I go, I just, again, I want to reiterate, if you are in a spot where you feel like there is no other option, but to take your own life by whatever means, please seek help. Send me a message. There's plenty of places that you can reach out to people. You can go to, there's always a better option. I love you guys. See you next week. Kids. And here I am refreshed and full of enthusiasm for my work.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.